0: Our last day of the week here in the bunker. Welcome, everyone. Jason Hodd here. I'm the editor at SciFiForMe.com. We don't have a guest today, so it's just me opining for a little while, and it may very well be a short little while, uh, feeling a little bit under the weather. But I have made a commitment sorts to come here Monday through Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. For those of you who are listening uh, for those of you who are listening to this in playback or watching in playback uh, Sci-Fi Snob in the chat it is uh, not necessarily a rant day but I do have some observations to share um, because I, you know it could very well be that I don't even need to do this show anymore because Meghan Markle and Prince uh, Prince Harry have, have, have made a deal with Netflix, so... Um, all is right with the world. Everything's been fixed. I should, I, my, my work should be done here. I do find it interesting how the narrative has flipped a bit... On The Last Jedi, now that John Boyega has come out and said, you know what, there was kind of a problem with this sequel trilogy. And I'm sure we'll get into that on the next Ranker Pit here probably next week. Um, but it's it's just one of those things that some of the people who were complaining about some of this stuff turn out to be right some of the time. So, there is that. But today, what I would like to do, I, 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 uh, I am I am late to the party, and this is something that that has been a topic of conversation before. Only it ha, we have flipped the script today. Uh, most of the time we're talking about how uh, Mrs. Boss, the younger of us, has a, a title or two or three or six dozen. Uh, films or TV shows or or books that she has not encountered as of yet because you know she's young and she's she's a relatively young genre fan. In addition to being younger than I am, I keep forgetting to turn that off. All right, and uh, you know I I I give her a hard time uh, at times because you know. She knows that Citizen Kane is a movie. She knows that Planet of the Apes is a movie. You know, I, I get these looks every now and again when I mention a particular title. And uh, I get the apologetic, confused puppy dog. I know that's a thing, but I haven't seen it. haven't, yeah. So uh, we have been in the process of introducing Mrs. Boss to various different uh, Movies and TV shows, uh, uh, Gargoyles being one of them. Um, Buckaroo Banzai, Citizen Kane, Casablanca, not all genre stuff, but you know the classics that inform some of the things that we watch and and read now. And uh, yesterday, Mindy got an opportunity to flip the script on me because I have my own list of things that I have not read or or watched. A lot of it, due to the fact that I am relatively more busy with my time now than I ever have been, because of what I do uh, in in terms of media production, and and the lockdown has given me opportunity to focus on this. Uh, channel this platform quite a bit which is good uh, because it needs you know we need all the help that we can get and if those of you who would like to share the link to these to these shows and to our channel that's much appreciated uh, but there are some things that either when they came out I didn't have any interest or I was focused on something else or I was too busy or you know all manner of reasons why I would not have seen it or read it, or uh, wa- you know, watched it at all when it first came out. And one of those is the movie Space Camp, starring Kate Capshaw, Leah Thompson, Tate Donovan, Tom Skerritt. And this came out in 1986, so I would have been 16 years old, middle of high school. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, things that were out that year, and I just didn't see it. And this was also the year that the Challenger exploded, so there's probably a little bit of that at play as well. So it's, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that has just been hovering on my list of things to get to, things to watch, things to catch up on. And so we finally did yesterday, and... I have thoughts. They're not bad thoughts, but I have thoughts. So, so if I is doing the same thing with uh, with the kid, introducing the kids to the classic '80s movies. Now, excellent. Uh, I would that's a that's a fine playlist, um, both in terms of films and television shows, because you've got a lot of a lot of shows in the '80s, a lot of animated stuff that came out during that time in the '80s and '90s. Uh, that's well worth a revisit. We've done. Uh, we've looked at gargoyles. We've looked at X Men animated series. We've looked at the original Star Trek animated series, uh, which is miles and miles beyond the quality of Lower Decks. But okay, so I'm I'm watching. Space camp, and I have to admit I was proceeding from a false assumption after all this time, because I knew the basic bones of the story. Kids go to space camp, they get a chance to visit during a, a, a launch test of some sort for the space shuttle, they somehow end up getting getting launched into space, and they have to get back. I knew the gist of it. Finally watched it yesterday, and <laughs> I was not aware that there's a robot in this movie. And it shouldn't surprise me because this thing came out in the 80s. And, of course, you know, we had all sorts of, of all of the, <coughs> excuse me, all of the the movies that were of that time. You know, when you have a science fiction thing, you got to have an R2-D2 Copycat, right? I mean, you had Vincent in the black hole. Uh, you have the the little drones in Silent Running. You have uh, Whopper in War Games, which is not necessarily an R two D two, but you know you you've got the robots, you know Johnny Five and and such. So did once I look back and I was like, well, of course, nineteen eighty six, of course, there's a robot. And, of course, the robot connects with the kid. Now, my first thought was, okay, the robot's going to get it. The robot's going to die. And we're going to get this scene where the robot... But it turns out not to be the case. Now, if you have not watched Space Camp, you might want to think about it, depending on how you feel about a movie that's that old... If you don't want to get into spoilers, there are still some people out there like, you know, I haven't seen it yet. I don't spo- Okay, go. But we're going to get into some spoiler stuff here because as it turns out, the robot is not a MacGuffin. The robot is not the plucky sidekick. The robot is not the, the, um, the emotional arc sacrifice, uh, sacrificial lamb character. The robot is the villain of the piece, and it's funny. My reaction when we saw this. All right, so we're sitting on we're sitting and watching this. Now Mindy's already seen it. Uh, I don't know how many times now. And I I'm I'm watching, and Max, who's the little kid played by Leaf Phoenix, uh, you know him now as Joaquin Phoenix um the joker is the kid in this movie named Max he's probably what 12 13 junior high age and he develops this connection with uh, the robot and i don't even remember the jinx robot's name is jinx which <laughs> if i had been really paying attention and i'm and i'm i'm i was too tired to uh, to see it but the robot's name is Jinx. If that's not foreshadowing, I'm only going to to admit to being too tired to see it because Max says, I want to go out into space. Jinx being the robot who takes everything literally, including shake a leg, Max decides, I'm going to put max into space and so he goes and he talks to the nasa computer he says how can we how can we make this test launch a launch and that's where but when max says i just want to go into space and jinx is there and decides well max is my friend i want to go i i turned to mindy and i said it was the robot Because here is the first hint that I've gotten that the the robot was responsible for all of this. See, I had been working under a misconception. All of this time, because I hadn't seen it, you know, it's, it's peripherally on my radar. I've got so many things to keep track of on a daily basis. This one was not, you know not a priority. but I, but I look at Mindy and say it's the robot. She's just busting out laughing because yeah, it's a robot. And the robot conspires with NASA's version of Whopper in this thing. And they create a situation where the where the shuttle Atlantis has to launch or else it explodes. So, sci-fi snob, your 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 question: the robot turns him evil and becomes the Joker. No, the I would say probably the robot doesn't turn him evil, but the robot, with good intentions, does a very bad thing. Uh, and so the the shuttle goes up. Now there's a problem. All of these things happen. I, I, I'm wondering you to get into it, but. Uh, Mindy was asking me if I was going to do a retro review. It's not a bad movie. It's a it's a fun movie. It's an easy it's an easy to get through movie. Uh, it does uh, remind me when I first saw the previews for it. Now again, remember I'm 16. My impression was oh it's a kids movie, and it and it's you know it's relatively family friendly. There's a, there are a few expletives that I could have done without, but yeah you know, whatever. That's just me and you've got all of the prototypical stereotypes you know you have the the um the airhead blonde who turns out to be uh who who turns out to have an eidetic memory remembers everything that she reads uh that played by Kelly Preston a very young Kelly Preston they're all young in this you have Leah Thompson playing the overachiever, bookworm, nerd girl who, you know, doesn't have time to be a girl, doesn't have time to be uh, in a relationship, doesn't have time to put on makeup and sparkly things because nobody's going to be interested in her anyway. She wants to be the first shuttle commander, ever, so she's got ambition. And you got Tate Donovan playing the, the party boy, which you know it's the same kind of character that. Uh, uh, Val Kilmer plays in. Um, oh, what's that? What's that movie that he's in? Uh, hang on. Where they fill the house with popcorn? Um, somebody help me out. It is. <laughs> yeah, a girl who remembers everything she reads or hears. Feel sorry for her future husband. Well, her future husband turned out to be John Travolta, so um, I think he probably made out uh, with the better end of the deal. Let me look here. Where is that? Because I want to make sure that I get this right because, you know, we want to make sure we get this right. Real genius. So Tate Donovan is playing... The same kind of thing. He's smart, but he doesn't play himself. He's a slacker. He's, you know, he's Chris Knight from Real Genius. He's Marty McFly. You know, it's that pretty boy. I don't want to have to do anything. So, uh, so they go and do. Um, so they go and do space camp. You have the young precocious teen. Uh, You have uh, the black kid who gets ribbed because he's into science. So you have these, you know, the prototypical, the, the stereotypes before they were tropes, characters. And you have the ambitious, you have Kate Capshaw playing the ambitious astronaut who just doesn't quite make it onto the shuttle, into the program. Uh, so this accident puts them all up into space, and they have to learn to work together to overcome their troubles and solve the problem and make it home in time before they run out of oxygen. And it's a it's 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 a good movie. It holds up for the most part. Some of the effects are a little wonky now. The opticals have not aged well, um, mainly because. <sighs> From the looks of it, and I don't know if I got a if we if we watched a, a poor uh, you know, a poor copy, but some of the matte effects, some of the opticals, are not holding up, and I don't I think that's more an artifact of the digital transfer to uh, to a to a digital file medium, uh, as opposed to. Just they weren't very well done, but it didn't. It wasn't a very big budget movie anyway, so you know it's not Industrial Light and Magic. Although they do have John Williams doing the music, I was surprised about that. I didn't. I didn't know that they'd done that. But it was a, it was a fun movie. And uh, I'm looking through the. I'm looking through the um different uh, pieces of trivia here. It. It, you know, the shuttle, the the interior of the space shuttle stuff. While they're in space, you can definitely tell they're not in space uh, because the hair. You you can simulate floating through space, however you know, six dozen different ways. But as much as we've seen what it looks like to be in space with loose hair, um, you know, it, Leah Thompson her hair should have been doing all sorts of things and it wasn't so um, outside of that I mean if they if they'd had a chance to to film in the the plane like Apollo 13 did that would have added to it but of course that's expensive and they didn't do that back then this is you know we're on we're on earth how do we make it look like they're in space. So it's a, it's a technical quibble. Um, <coughs> and it was, it was, parts of it were filmed at space camp. So you have that authenticity, that thing, what rings true, because that's where they actually are. Okay. Um, and uh, the the, uh, the music's okay. I mean, there are a couple of places where it's obviously John Williams. Uh, But it feels like let's pull from the John Williams library of cuts instead of a a full-blown original score because you don't get a whole lot of music throughout the whole thing. But as I'm thinking about this film afterwards, and I'm I'm looking at everything that happened at the sequence of events that happened as laid out in the movie, you could do this entire film... Without the robot. You could do the entire movie. And completely erase the robot. And it would still play the same. And I'm hoping. Although I know it's probably not going to happen. But I'm hoping when they, re- when they do the reboot of Space Camp. They might think about getting rid of the robot. Because... It's very 80s, it's very dated uh, we it, it's a it's a it's a, a product of its time most definitely uh, but we are getting a reboot let's see if I can call that up here. Um, it's reportedly in the works uh, from Disney plus so, maybe this was reported back in January that uh, uh, Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel are writing a script for a reboot. Hollywood Reporter had, had reported on it earlier. If they do it for a modern-day audience, I mean, sure, the effects are going to be better, but um, th- this... This could easily, given, given the stereotypes, archetypes, prototypes, tropey types of the characters that are in this thing, if you're writing this script for the modern audience, uh, you have a very real potential of this thing going sideways. But I would say do not do it with the robot. Uh, sci-fi son of the movie probably would not have been made without the robot in that particular in that time period. Probably not. They had to have the robot because it's the you know, it's the 80s and all the science fiction movies had a robot because look at what happens with Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars made a ton of money and changed the industry forever and they have robots. So we got to have robots. Um Star Trek The Motion Picture had a robot. I, uh, I, Leah, when she came back as a pro, she was a robot. Um, and yeah, the whole, the, Mindy's got a point there with the, with the Star Wars references, you know, because Max is of an age, uh, you know, 11, 12 years old, where he's, you know, he's pretending to be Luke Skywalker and he wants to, he wants to pretend. Uh, even when he's, when even when he's uh, faced with life and death consequences, uh, it is uh, it is that pretend that gives him the confidence to to carry through and and do what he needs to do, and that's all fine and well and good, and and you can do that sort of thing. And back then, sure, it's to be expected. But if you're going to do a new one, get rid of the robot. I, I, my, my two cents. Uh, because everything that the robot did could happen as part, uh, as a natural progression and be organic to the story, without the inciting incident from the robot causing the whole thing. It's a cascade failure of events that's created artificially, but at the same time, it's a it's a series of events that could happen organically as part of the story. You know, the accident, quote-unquote, could be one of those one-in-a-million shots, and then... there. Uh, Nowadays, the new movie... Uh, The new version of it will not have as much in the way of references to Star Wars, I don't think. One, because Star Wars is old, and the people that are writing it and the audience for this new one uh, don't know that anything happened prior to the date of their birth, because history only happens now, and I don't think that, the Star Wars references would probably still hold up, but you also have to remember that a lot of people are still trying very hard and desperate for Star Wars to mean Ray Finn, and Poe and not Han, Luke, and Leia. So I would say my prediction is they toned down the Star Wars references. Uh, in this day and age, if they said it in modern times, who knows what their cultural references would be. They will be just as dated five years from now, ten years from now, as the Star Wars references are uh, in the original. Because, you know, 1986 was only three years after Return of the Jedi came out. So that all was very fresh and new. And now, not so much. Um, you Maybe you get Christopher Nolan references. You know, to the... or Or... The superhero movies. <coughs> Excuse me. You get um, Star Lord instead of Star Wars. You know, I, I would say probably something along those lines are more likely, because the science fiction movies that we have now, things like Interstellar, uh, Gravity, there's a lot more in the way of we want to ground it in real science, and and you don't have a whole lot in the way of pop culture. Uh, references that you can just glom onto. It's there's the modern science fiction film is not part of the zeitgeist as Star Wars originally was. So I yeah you could you could lose all of that. You could lose the robot and you could still tell the same kind of story. The kid still gets bullied. You still have the the nerd who hides being a nerd because he doesn't want to get made fun of by his friends who aren't interested in science you can still have the you know the bimbo airhead who really is smart but doesn't present as smart Uh, you've got the blow-off jock type who really kind of you know pulls through in the clutch um, memes and anime, I don't know that it'll be anime because in the, in the United States, anime is not, doesn't have that big of a foothold. In certain circles, it might, there's, there is an anime audience, but the anime audience is not as big as the, the usual, the normy, for lack of a better word, the normal John Q. Citizen, uh, moviegoer. So anime references are probably not I don't see I don't see that being woven into it but um maybe I mean friends popped into my head but friends is even dated now um there might be some Harry Potter might be some Harry Potter references uh yeah well, uh, uh, Sci-Fi Snob points out anime has pulled with the fourteen year olds and it, it, yeah it, it does, but fourteen year olds are not the ones who are going to be spending money to go to the movies. Uh, I mean not not as the majority audience. You still got to get the grand uh, the grand uh, the the parents in, and you're probably going to get some of the grandparents in. Uh, or or people who have seen you know seen the original you're gonna you're gonna play off the nostalgia, but then what do you do for a spaceship? Because we don't have the shuttles anymore. Do you put this on a SpaceX capsule? Do you put it in the future and we have some new kind of 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 rocket? transport type of thing virgin galactic type of plane do you put it on um do you do a refurbished type of shuttle you know maybe it's maybe it's the museum piece and somehow it gets launched i don't know it there's going to be some things uh that have to be worked out in order to put it for modern times because our our space program is anemic at this point and 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 i know the president has put in more money in the budget for it more than any other time but it's we still don't have we still don't have a the equivalent of the shuttle you know we've got little capsules and uh you know i get get I, I, that's not bad Leah Thompson coming back and to reprise her role um, or or oh yeah, oh have her play Andy this time around well you could do it as a sequel if you did space camp as a sequel then you could set up a completely new scenario with a new set of kids and do something completely original ish I don't know that they're gonna do that since they are calling it a reboot Um they could do that i mean if tom cruise manages to shoot his movie out in space for real then that's a game changer for the industry because you have um you have a few people that are probably going to be uh interested in that but yeah that's the other thing i don't i don't know what kind of ship that they would use because the falcon 9 only holds 4 Uh, You know, Falcon only holds four. Uh, The Virgil Galactic module holds, what, seven? That could work, maybe. Uh, But Virgil Galactic is not high on the radar for anybody yet. You know, uh, SpaceX has everything. And see, the thing about it is, though, they're not doing a whole lot in Florida. I mean, the space complex now is in... uh, um, is it New Mexico or Mojave, Mojave, California? Has a the spaceport? I don't know. It's 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 a pickle. They're going to have to really massage it to make it work for modern times. If they did it with a shuttle, uh, then it's either going to have to be um, historic goal, historical. It'll have to be set in in a in a period or they do a future uh, a future cast with some kind of a, a a shuttle spacecraft type of thing that maybe maybe doesn't exist yet. So yeah, it's it's one of those things. We'll have to see. But yeah, so there's my there's my two cents on on Space Camp. It's not a bad movie. But who knows? We'll see. All right, a uh, couple of real quick things in the news. Venice uh, Venice Film Festival opens... This is a headline on Variety. Venice opens with rallying and cry to protect movie theaters against streaming onslaught. I like that choice of words, onslaught. Like the streaming channels are attacking the movie theaters. Um, no, that would be your local politicians that are attacking your movie theaters. Um, I look, we're, We've seen this with the evolution of the comics industry, the direct market has taken a hit quite a bit from all of this. Streaming is going, you know, the movie theaters are going to take a hit. Some of them will not recover. A lot of the comic book shops are not going to recover. It's the reality of things is devices have become so pervasive and invasive that the companies that are making the content, the companies that are making the TV shows and the movies and the books and the comic books and the games, they have to figure out uh, that digital distribution is part of that uh, that landscape now, and it will never go away. There, there will always be some digital thing. And we get word now that Mulan will be available for everyone who has Disney Plus a few months after certain people get you know, get it at a premium price. They want to watch it now, day and date, like like they've been doing. So, I don't know what the winning formula is there. I know Christopher Nolan is one of those people that's uh, that's a a very adamant proponent of of movie theaters. My movies need to be in the theaters. And I was reading an interesting article the other day on the sound mix and one of the comments was that Christopher Nolan still mixes his films in a 5.1 surround sound because most of the movie theaters still have that instead of this newfangled Dolby Atmos system which is the biggest, you know which is the new current thing but a lot of the a lot of the movie theaters can't afford to make that changeover, so they're still running the old Dolby, you know, five point one surround sound. So Nolan still mixes that way, instead of using Atmos. So he's he's clearly engaged in what do we do to make the experience for our audience in the theaters the best it could be, and I think he's very committed to that, and I applaud him for that, especially the fact that he's still shooting on film as far as I know. New show, uh, talking talking about preconceived notions here, a new show from the CW, gaming industry drama, uh, gaming industry drama, GG. Now, I saw this come across in my email before I opened it up. My first thought was, oh, crap, are we going to do this again? (sighs) Because the assumption that it's easy to make, the assumption is that this is going to be a Gamergate thing, a drama about that. Turns out it's not, and I'm, and I'm happy about that. Uh, this is in deadline from uh, reported yesterday. The CW has put in development GG, and in, in parentheses, good game. A gaming industry drama series that merges the worlds of gaming and Hollywood from producers Kim Moses and Jay Moses, uh, their siblings, uh, marks the first project from Opt-In, a production company launched by the siblings Moses, which is designed to bring together storytelling, talent, relationships, portfolios, discipline, one-hour drama with comedic elements centers on the adventures of a rebellious young female – is there any other type – Excelling in the male-dominated gaming industry. The story will be told through the young woman's perspective. Throughout her life, she struggles with acceptance of the gaming world when she suddenly seizes an opportunity to join a professional esports team and experiences the glamorous, competitive, and mind-bending world that follows. So there we are. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. I, eh. It is what it is, folks. <sighs> the email address if you want to give us feedback, live from the bunker at sci fi for com. You can also leave a comment on any of the platforms where you are listening or watching. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, next week, we don't have anybody lined up yet. I'm going to get on the phone and send some emails out today, see if we can line up some guests, because I, I like this show better when I'm talking to somebody else and not myself. Um, I do enjoy uh, engaging in conversation with folks in the chat, so uh, those of you who are uh, listening in playback, I uh I do invite you to check out the show as it airs live on our YouTube channel Monday through Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 uh 12 p.m. Central. And that's I think that's gonna do it uh today. It was gonna wrap up. Like I said, I'm not I'm 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 feeling a little a little under the weather. I'm not touched in the head yet, but I'm feeling a little under the weather. So I'm gonna head out early. Uh, do do plenty of other things uh, because we have to prep for our uh, other shows. To uh, tomorrow night, uh, we've got Deep Space Minds at 9 p.m. Uh, Central, 8 p.m. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. We also have uh, a new Tardis sauce uh, tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Talking about Doctor Who. And then we also have Good Morning Multiverse Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central. And no, I do not have, uh, I do not have the beer bug. Uh, I I have, I don't know what I have. I have a a, a little bit of of lightheadedness because I think I'm just so. Tired. I have been up. I've been up to about 2 a.m. every uh, Every every night, every morning this week, uh, working on some different things for a new thing. What I can't announce yet. Thing. Uh, so that that will be coming. That will be coming. So uh, we do invite you to subscribe if you haven't already to the channel. There are a lot of people that are watching these shows that are not subscribed and that's perfectly fine if you don't subscribe but if you do subscribe then you'll be a subscriber and we do appreciate our subscribers but we also appreciate our non-subscribers in any case we do ask on your way out hit the thumbs up and uh, leave us a comment if you would uh, feel free to share this and other videos and uh, while you're here check out our other videos and And if you have anything that you would like to, uh, uh, send us for review, uh, if you've got a book, if you've got a short film, uh, anything that, that takes up a physical medium, like you want to send us a DVD or you want to send us a a comic book or a book or something, we do have a mailing address, Sci-Fi for Me, 1503 Main Street, number 305, Grandview, Missouri, 64030. And you can also use that to, uh to send us a self-addressed stamped envelope, and we will send you a sticker. Uh, A a, a neat, a neat sticker. So anyway, all right. So there we go. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for watching, folks, and and listening and playback if you are there. Don't forget, we are live Monday through Thursday, and we will be back with more here on Sci-Fi for Me TV.